Welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I'm your host, Sean Terrell. My guest on today's show is Dan Blair. Dan is the Vice President of Associate Placement Services at Menlo Dental Consulting. Some of the topics we discuss on the podcast, how a dentist owner knows if they're ready to add an associate, how COVID has impacted hiring in the dental industry, navigating potential hangups in the placement process so both parties are satisfied at the end, and the cost of using an associate placement service. As a reminder, you can get all the information discussed in today's conversation by visiting our website. That's dentistexit.com. And from there, click on the podcast tab. And if you are a dentist and you are interested in taking your first step to find your eventual exit from active practice, whether you're three months or 30 years away, let's have a conversation. You can schedule a discovery call with me by going to dentistexit.com and clicking on the schedule meeting tab in the top right corner of the main webpage. And with that introduction, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dan Blair. All right, Dan Blair, Vice President of Associate Placement Services with Menlo Dental Consulting. Welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. Excited to have you here and to hear your story. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. It's an honor. My favorite place to start is just with some background for our audience on, on your journey. Could you share a little bit about how you've reached this current point of your career? Yeah, absolutely. So, Sean, I started my career... Uh, about 15 years ago, started um, with uh, Pacific Dental Services as a manager trainee. Um, basically spent about 10 years with PDS. At that point, was a regional manager when I came out, overseeing 15 offices. I've worked with Spear Education. I've worked with uh, a few of the turnaround operations. I've been a director of operations over multiple states. And my last stint was with MB2 Dental, where I went ahead and overseen 36 offices here in the Valley of the sun here in Arizona. You are based in Arizona or Menlo is based in Arizona as well. Could you maybe give a little bit of background about Menlo as an organization and sort of the, the multiple facets that it is involved with within the dental industry? Yeah, absolutely. So Menlo is based out of Tempe, Arizona. Uh, they are a dental transition commercial real estate company um, that we specialize with doing associate placement as well as dental consulting. Currently right now, uh, we are the dental consulting arm of the business right now. Uh, we deal with a lot of the associate placement. We deal with consulting, but Menlo has a facet of helping owners that are looking to go ahead and buy a practice, sell a practice either locally or nationally. And they also, with the commercial real estate, if you're looking to rent space as well. So um, encourage your listeners to go to the website and take a look. So maybe just to clarify, uh, I would assume that some of the real estate stuff is more geographic specific, and then other aspects of Menlo are not geographic specific in that you could work with dentists uh, in different areas in different parts of the country. That's correct. Yeah, we actually, myself, I work all over the nation uh, with associate placement, as well as the consulting aspect of things. Uh, we also have a national broker that I partner with closely that goes ahead and works with owners that are looking to buy or sell uh, across the nation as well. So your expertise is in the associate placement program with Menlo. Maybe just for background on that, how did that come to be and sort of what's been the origination and the uh, evolution of it thus far? Yeah, no, great question. You know, 
spending 15 years in operations, um, you know, the last having over 36 offices in my last stint with MB2 amongst COVID when COVID hit, shutting down those offices, you know, furloughing some employees and so forth. It, it took a lot out of me, you know, operationally at that point, I was working with the Menlo group as we were acquiring practices. When we first started Arizona, we had 11 offices and we grew it to 36 offices within a year. So uh, there was a good relationship that we built there. And, you know, I was kind of at that point, maybe, you know, maybe I need to do a little something different after 15 years of operations and, but still wanted to stick within dental and what I was good at. And the Menlo guys are like, Hey, Dan, you know, um, we have an opportunity to go ahead and possibly build an associate placement services program. We get a lot of inquiries from docs that are looking for associates and so forth. And might feel that this might be an, you know, an option. So I'm like, you know what, I, that sounds great. sounds like it's within my wheelhouse over the last 15 years. I've hired fire docs, you know? So I, I, I mean, these are things that, that we do within the corporate aspect. So it's felt like a natural progression. Uh, we work with small private practices, uh, small groups, even some larger groups as well, but that's kind of the evolution. We're com coming into our second year, gaining a lot of traction um, and it's been a great service for a lot of our owners out there. Was COVID, uh, it sounded like, and, and I want to make sure I understood it. So that was sort of like, okay, that was a, a pretty heavy lift for you personally to try to navigate all the things uh, and overseeing all those dental practices during COVID. But did that have anything to do with the demand of associate placement as well within the, the general uh, dental industry as a whole in terms of dentists being furloughed? And now some of them are trying to get to back to work and you know, not even dentistry, but a lot of people reevaluated their priorities in life and work uh, coming out of COVID. So I guess, broadly speaking, did that factor in? And if so, how? Yeah, you know, definitely COVID has, has impacted the, the industry. Um, you know, ask, ask any of the docs out there how hard it is to get a hygienist or, or a DA into their practice, right? And they'll tell you, and, and that was a big impact there. Um, I've seen a lot of associates that basically were with private practice um, that were reaching out saying, hey, you know, um, I love my practice, but I haven't been called back and it's already going on three months. I need to go ahead and I need to find something. So you started to see a little bit of a shift where they were going into more of a corporate aspect or into private equity type, you know, um, with a little sense of security that at least that they had, you know, somewhere to go at that point. Um, but definitely did impact. And there's been a shift. I'm seeing a lot of docs that are kind of moving from other states at this point, not only to Arizona, but throughout different states, you're seeing kind of that shift of some owners that are selling their practices and moving into other states and kind of wanting that quality of life and looking just for associateships at that point. So let's get into the, the nuts and the bolts a little bit more of the associate placement program. You guys represent both practice owners or doctors that are looking to bring on an associate as well as associates that are looking to find a practice that fits them and how they want to practice dentistry in the life that they want to live. Um, just broadly speaking, how does that process start? And maybe we can start on one side or the other and kind of mix it all together in terms of uh, the owners who you're representing trying to find an associate versus the associates trying to find a practice or however you think it's easiest to explain it. Yeah, absolutely. So working with the owners, generally, I will do a discovery call where we basically, the owner has a need for an associate, whether it's a, a general practitioner, whether it's a specialist, um, 
oral surgery, endodontist, whatever the case is, we work with everyone. And we'll do a discovery session to really understand the practice and what the need is, the type of associate that they're looking for, the culture of the practice. We really want to make sure that we have, we understand the organization and the business of how it's working and what they're actually looking for. We want to, we want to be very, very transparent, especially when we're talking with these owners and want to know exactly, okay, what do you really need? Right. We're, we're, we're not HR. We're not, you know, we want to go really know what exactly do you need in the office that's going to make your meet your cultural fits within your either demographic or your patient base, whatever the case might be. Okay. And from there, the discovery call takes place. And is there additional steps in the process? And if so, could you lay those out or what you guys go through to really gain an understanding and really get to the heart of the matter or the truth of what the doctor is really looking for? Yeah. So during the discovery session, we'll be asking a little bit of questions about the practice, how long the practice has, has been in existence, how many operatories that they have, the technology that they have in the practice. Because generally what we're doing is we're painting the picture for the associate. Is this an opportunity? And if the associate can't see that this is a good opportunity or that what the opportunity might go ahead and present to itself, we know that's not going to be a long-term fit. We also have a second step that we normally do that we can talk about as well um, as we go ahead and start to search for the associates. But um, generally, I'll get a little bit of what the production numbers are, um, what is your active patient base, um, you know, do you offer CE, do you offer any type of bonuses, uh, what is your pay structure? You know, uh, how do you pay your associates? Do you give a guarantee plus a percentage or is it just strictly percentage? Um, do you expect for the associate to, to go ahead and pay for labs? Um, what do you require? Because we do help with the contract as well. So some of these questions we ask in between there, um, because the contract for the employment, we want to know what is your what is your comp on there? What is you know, what's the radius that you're looking at in, in regards to non-compete? you know, those type of things, malpractice insurance. So we go through all of those questions to really understand what they're looking for and to, to offer guidance as well. Cause we talk to owners that haven't had an associate for maybe over 10 years. Um, so we definitely want to go ahead and gain an understanding of, of what that looks like and, and whether you need a male or female. Um, those are, those are questions that sometimes don't get asked, but um, it's important. You know um, you have a male doc that, wants to go ahead and work with another male or wants a female because patients want to see a female versus a male doctor. So those are questions that we definitely go ahead and go into as well. And then from there, what's next after that in terms of making sure that you guys have the whole picture. So with that, I have a good general idea of what, of what we're looking for there. If the doctor has any type of mission statement or vision statement to go ahead and include with that, I ask specifics as far as what are you looking for in the associate more character traits that are essential to the culture of your business. And that starts kind of that process and making sure, do they match the mission statement, the core values of the practice? And is that something that I could share with the potential candidates to make sure they're a good fit? And in terms of the, the different situations that you see owner, owner dentists looking for, um, just to give you a couple examples, and maybe you can add a, a few more. So one that, that 
is top of mind for me is, is an owner dentist that wants to bring on an associate to eventually buy them out of the practice or buy ownership of the practice at some date in the future. Uh, complete opposite of that, you could have an owner that just needs an associate to help with the production in the practice and the, and the patient volume of the practice that doesn't want to give up for at least for a long period of time, uh, any ownership interest in the practice. I assume those are both two scenarios that you guys assist with. And, and what are the other common ones that you guys see in terms of scenarios that you guys are trying to match best interest for both parties for? Yeah, absolutely. Those are, we work with owners that are looking to transition out of their business and are looking for an associate that's going to come in to maybe work two to three years and take over the practice, eventually buy it out. Uh, we are looking at, we work with owners that work there. We just want associates that are coming in to go ahead and work with the practice. We don't have the ability to give up equity or ownership at that point. And we also work with, with a lot of owners that they're not sure if they need an associate yet. Mm. Right. And that's kind of where, you know, we, you know, I'll coach with them and, and kind of ask a couple of questions. I give a general, general scenario. And one of the scenarios is, is, you know, desired income, annual income of say 500,000 a year, um, working four days a week and revenue from each patient is about say $650, right? So in that scenario, if the doctor's looking to go ahead and add an associate at that point, the expectation would be about $1.3 million in collections, um, have an active patient base of almost 1,800. They need at least five operatories at that point, about eight days worth of hygiene. And that could go ahead and that would basically lead about two days, of a, two days for an associate that would give them plenty of opportunity to go ahead and produce. Because the one thing that you don't, you don't want to bring on an associate and they don't have a patient flow or they're discouraged because they're not making the money that they want to go ahead and make. So I, those are things we talk to the owners about as far as where they're at in their business by knowing how many operatories that they have, what's their patient base, what their, their numbers are based upon revenue and so forth. Those are things that we'll go ahead and, and kind of we'll coach them through and kind of talk about to see what are they looking at. And I, I talk to owners that are maybe only looking at one to two days a week and then grow it into something because they want to go ahead and maybe step out of the practice. They don't want to work four or five days a week. Maybe they only want to work two days a week and they're looking for that associate to go ahead and take up some of that space probably gets back to uh, just being really, really clear about what the expectations are for both parties at the beginning. So no one's disappointed down the road. To that point, is it very common or very often that you're finding that it's just in the owner's best interest to not bring on an associate yet? Or and you kind of have to tell them, hey, you know, you don't need this yet. Let's check back in in a year or two years or whatever the, the number is. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, we've talked to some owners and it's funny because as we start to go through the progression of, of, you know, the questions and kind of that discovery session, I've had owners that are saying, you know what, I'm contemplating at this point, either selling the practice or bringing on an associate at this point and me kind of backing, you know, stepping out a little bit and kind of growing the practice that way. After the discovery session, it kind of brings them into a reality aspect of saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and go the route of selling. I don't want to go through this, right? Because mm -hmm. it does take some time. So that that discovery session works on both end of it as as well and we've had owners that are like you know what we're just going to go ahead and sell at this point or at the end of our conversation it's like you know doc you might not be ready for an associate right now but 
you know, here's a couple of things that we might want to go ahead and explore. And let me do a check back in with you in the next year, you know, six months, two years, whatever the case might go ahead and be um, based upon their individual practice. Got it. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the associate side when you're, when you're representing associates and trying to find them a practice that fits into the life and the, and the clinical experience that they're looking for. Uh, what's the process that you take uh, associates through to, to try to get a, a real good understanding of what they're looking for? So generally with the associates, a lot of it is, you know, I work with a lot of new grads as well, as well as experienced docs. So really depending upon, you know, what they're focused in on, sometimes it's a matter of where they want to go ahead and live closer to family, or, you know, I just, we try and go ahead and discover what are those items that really, why do you want to go ahead and work in this practice or work in this area? What are you transitioning to? We take a look at their skill set. What type of skill set do they have? Are they looking for mentoring or coaching, or can they go into a practice and hit the hit the ground running? You know, so those are aspects that we definitely go ahead and explore with the with the associate. Now we have some associates that are looking for opportunities across the board. You know, this might not be a fit for them, but they're open to either other states or other um, practices that they might look at. So. I will go through and I'll start to talk to the associate, get to know their background a little bit, you know, based upon their schooling, what were they exposed to, the type of procedures that they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with. And that's all documented during our process that we go ahead and go through. Now, the second layer of that is we send them to do a video interview. Seven pre-populated questions. Tell me about you. Tell me about your experience. How do you deal with difficult patients? What were your production levels? But really what that does is, you, you know, I've talked to a lot of associates that won't take that extra step for that 20 or 30 minutes, which tells me either they're not that interested or it's, it, you know, it's not worth their time at that point to go ahead and do so. But that is how we go ahead and send quality patient, quality candidates to these doctors as well, is by having this layered approach. Now, what that also does for the associate is it allows for me, because I now have their CV, I now have a, a link to their video, and I have the notes during our initial discussion, which allows me to go ahead and send it to get them in front of as many opportunities as they feel comfortable with in a short amount of time. Um, and even if those opportunities aren't what they're currently looking for right now, as we, as things come up and come across the desk and opportunities open up, I reach back out to those associates and say, Hey doc, this came up. What's your thoughts on this? We already have a full package and just send it over to the owner right away for review. Hmm. And yeah, just something that struck me as you were talking there is just, this is a much more efficient way for both parties to find a better fit for the practice that they want to work in. If you're an associate or the associate that you want to have in your practice, if you're an, if you're an owner, because you can view, evaluate, consider multiple more opportunities way more efficiently than you could five or 10 or 15 years ago. Absolutely on there, Sean. You know, one thing is that Normally what happens is obviously I've experienced being in the office, right? You have an interview that comes on, it's put onto the schedule, doctor's busy, then all of a sudden front desk or DA runs back and says, hey, doc, your interview's here. And it's like, okay, well, I have another patient, you know, <laughs> and, and it just, it's not here. You're not taking up any chair time, which mm -hmm. is huge. You have the ability to go ahead and, and view 
the, the video of the candidate, which really acts as an initial interview, because now you're able to go ahead and you're able to see the candidate, you're able to hear how they articulate the questions, get a little sense of their personality, and really know, is this someone that I want to go, is this someone I can see in my practice at this point in time? So after the video interview, is there a, is there a third step or like, is there an actual in-person meeting most of the time before everything is finalized? And, and I want to make sure I close the loop on the process from the associate's perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. So once we get a full package and the full package, what I'm referring to is our notes from our initial conversation, the CV and the, and the video interview that gets packaged up and sent to the owner for review. The owner at that point, it's expedited the process about 50% when I'm mm. talking about process, the hiring process, because now you kind of have already a general idea of who this person is coming into your, into your practice at that point. So normally owners will either go to a face-to-face -face at that point or to a telephone call or a Zoom call, depending upon where they are in the state at that point. And then I get back with the candidate once I go ahead and hear back, most of the owners are very responsive within a day, day and a half. I get back with the, with the candidate and basically work with them on either scheduling the face-to-face -face or the telephone call uh, for the initial meeting at that point. I'm curious how well this has worked so far in the first couple of years. Obviously, you have some success stories. I'm interested in hearing a few of those. And then I'm curious too, just devil's advocate, when it doesn't work out, what are some of the reasons why or what are some of the things that maybe... Uh, get uncovered through the process that you can look back in hindsight and say, well, that was a red flag that we maybe should have noticed or put a little bit more uh, weight on because it didn't end up being a good match long-term. Yeah. You know, we've had tremendous success. Um, again, we've, you know, been doing it over the last two years. And one of the things that we do to go ahead and protect the owner as well is because through this vetting process, where, you know, we've went with the initial interview, we've gone through the video. Now they've hired the candidate we back our service with a 90 day guarantee. Mm. So if that associate does not work out within the first 90 days, then we basically go back to work and find the right fit. But with these steps that we've taken at this point, and I'm proud to say that we have hundred percent placement rate with the owners that we've worked with and with the candidates that have gone to these practices, and we have not had an owner that had to go ahead and call us up to this point to say, hey, the candidate's not working out for us. So we, we, we're not going to go ahead and send an abundance amount of candidates. We're going to send you good qualified candidates. So instead of getting five candidates, you might get two or three candidates or instead, you know, depending upon where you are in the state, because we work with rural states as well. And there's a lot of times where you'll be lucky to go ahead and maybe get a couple of candidates, you know? So we, we really try and concentrate on the quality, but to your point on there, Sean, what I did go ahead and learn early on is that the process works. I skipped a couple of steps with the videos just to go ahead and get the candidate over to the owner right away. And it just didn't, it didn't go ahead and materialize. So definitely the process works and what we're doing and um, the owners are tremendous. I mean, I work with owners that, have small group practices as well that are constantly calling me, you know, for a practice or they're going to acquire another practice and they're looking for an associate and they require the video. Now that's hmm. just the way that they, they like to do business with it. The, you know, the old way of getting a CV and just referring it from there, they love the video portion. And I think that's been a big success for us. What's the cost of the service on both sides of the equation, both for the owner and, and also for the associate that wants to find a practice. 
So there is absolutely zero cost to the associate looking for a practice. That's just part of what we do on our service to try and go ahead and, and help support these owners. Um, in regards to compensation that we receive for from the owner, we do not take any compensation up front. Um, we have to go ahead and bring a viable candidate that goes to contract at that point. So our service is $10,000 to place the associate. However, we do break that up into four equal payments of $2,500. Basically, once the associate signs a contract of employment, the first payment of $2,500 would, would be assessed. And then on the first of each month, they're consecutive. That way, the associate's already in the practice, generating some revenue, and it's not such a hit to the bottom line. And again, we also back that with the 90-day guarantee as well. So um, really, it's, it's, been, it's been a tremendous success for us and for the owners that are, that are looking for associates on there. And just to clarify on the 90 days sort of guarantee that you guys offer, if, if it's not a good fit within 90 days for that owner that's brought on an associate that you guys have placed with them, you guys will bring them or go through the process again to bring them another viable candidate to theoretically restart that 90 days, but just make sure that it, whatever it takes, they're going to get an associate that they feel good and comfortable with and is a good fit. Absolutely. And if they're, if say we're two payments in, if you will, and the associate's not working out, then we hold, we, we go ahead and halt the automatic payments at that point And we go back to work. Once we find that associate, that associate goes to contract at that point, then whatever is remaining of that initial uh, 10,000 would then go ahead and be billed there. One thing we do go ahead and also we help with the employment contract as well as a background check. Some of the services out there go ahead and charge extra fees for the contract and so forth. And that's all inclusive into our service. So in my experience in working in the dental industry for 10 or 11 years, I've just heard a number of different stories or anecdotal stories of around some version of I was an associate and I got to the, the practice and just what I was promised or sort of led to believe was going to occur in terms of a buy-in opportunity or a production opportunity just never materialized. I, you've been through like how detailed you guys get with your discovery process to try to avoid that. Does, does that weed out a lot of those situations where if, if an associate's trying to do it all themselves and find a good practice or an owner's trying to weed through all these different associate candidates, that would be more likely to happen versus if, if you broaden it out much wider, deeper pool, more questions, deeper process. Um, uh, this is a long winded question. <laughs> That's gotta help, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it does go ahead and, and help because those are one of the questions because generally what you're looking at is with these associates, especially within that three to five year mark that they've been out of school, they've been working in the industry now, they kind of, you know, their hand speeds are up. They're looking for either to advance their skill set or they're looking for some type of ownership or equity possibility. And, you know, and, and that's what we talk to the owners about as well you know, is there any possibility for a partnership track within the next two to three years? Um, you know, and some, the owners are very, very responsive and that's saying, yeah, actually I'm open to that or no, there's no point. It, you know, we just are looking for an associate and that's what we make sure it's clear to the associate. If they're looking for any type of ownership, this is not going to go ahead and be the practice for you. They're only strictly looking at being an associate. And if you're okay with just being an associate, then this is a perfect practice for you. 
So we do get into that, but I know it, you know, it does cut down. I've heard of many stories, you know, from talking to associates. Yeah. Well, why are you looking currently right now? Well, the owner promised me, you know, that we would be looking at possible partnership talks or, you know, to that effect. And, and it just never materialized to your point. So now they're looking because that was something that either it was the carrot dangled in front of their face, or it was just something that just didn't go ahead and work out. So we definitely uncover that in the initial calls. You have a lot of dental uh, industry experience as well. I think you said at least 15 years at the beginning. I'm curious what your experience has been. Is it how are mind shifts or mindsets shifting in terms of associates? Are they, are associates now more interested in just being an employee, so to speak, forever? Or are you seeing more dentists that uh, want ownership? I guess, how have you seen that shift and where is it at currently? You know, that's an interesting question on there, Sean, because, you know, after I think COVID kind of went ahead and put, you know, mind shifts on a lot of different industries and a lot of different, you know, factors out there. And one thing that I've noticed is I am getting a lot more questions from associates asking about benefits. Hmm. Um, you know, do they offer health care? Do they offer, you know, uh, 401k retirement? And I think that a lot of the private practices or the small group practices need to go ahead and really embrace that of it's not just any more of this, the associate coming in, you know, making 30% of collections and everything is fine. There's so much with the shift, you're seeing a lot of private money coming into the industry right now. Um, you're seeing a lot of these small DSOs or DPOs that are kind of making their way in that are acquiring acquiring these practices and giving these owners. And it's not just you're seeing, you know, these older docs that have been practicing 20, 30 years that are going this model. You're, you're seeing younger docs that have, that have been out five years that own a practice that are going this way of, of, you know, getting into the private equity or, you know, the corporate, if you will, um, because the model has changed. It's not so much of the branding of, you know, this is the same corporate office. You can see it, you know, throughout the city. They're now taking on the original aspect of the office. So they're not losing anything. Owners are maintaining a, a small portion of equity as well, but they still have the continuity to run their practice the way they want. So I think that that's kind of where we've been seeing this, especially over the last, you know, three to five years of really that, that mind shift of, of, you know, joining a group practice at this point. That's interesting because I think there's a, there's another conversation that could easily be had about the economies of scale of the, of the mid-sized DSO or the DPO and, and how that fits into supplies and technology and HR and hiring and all that stuff. But what I sort of took away from what you just said is that that's now become the benefits aspect, the 401k, the health insurance, the long-term disability, some of those ancillary benefits that might be available to employees in that model have now become or are starting to become one more attractive piece, if you will, that associates look for in an employment situation compared to this, the, the smaller private practice, privately owned dental practice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the other factors that you see out there too, with these associates is from the other spectrum, these associates that came out of school that went directly into corporate are now starting to go ahead and are looking to shift towards more of a private practice or more of a small group because they want to expand their skill set. And majority of the of, of the DSOs that are out there, they have specialists. So these 
the GP doc can't go ahead and do implants or oral surgery or endo. And so they're looking to expand their skill set. And they also want some kind of ownership or some kind of, you know, equity that's there. And, you know, there is, there is the possibility where the owners can go ahead and structure that accordingly without having to go ahead and go through, through the legal aspect, maybe a tiered pay structure, something that where, or even, even a, an equity um, share based upon profitability of the office. So there's, there's different aspects, but really that's what they're looking for is they're looking for those benefits. They're looking to expand skill set, and they want a little piece of the pie or at least to go ahead and have what they're, what they're working towards. Interesting. So anything uh, that we haven't hit on today that uh, you think would be important to mention? John, I think we, we covered some good topics today. So, um, you know, I definitely, you know, thank you for your time, you know, and having me on the program for sure. And uh, the podcast is recently rebranded, renamed Dentists, Puns and Money. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but if you have a good dental pun, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I think the audience is too, Dan. <laughs> well, I think when we're talking about associate placement services and, you know, looking for an associate, um, you, the process is almost like pulling teeth you know, no pun intended, but it could be a cumbersome process. So definitely we're here to help. I like it. I like it. Uh, for, for anyone that's interested in connecting with you and learning a little bit more about how you might be able to help, uh, what's the best way to do that? So you can go to our website at menlodentalconsulting.com. You can reach out to me directly. My email address is dan, D-A-N, at menlodentalconsulting.com. Or you can reach out directly to me um, at 623-238-3050. That's my cell phone number. Feel free to call, text, whatever is best for you. Would love to talk to you. Awesome. That is Dan Blair, Vice President of Associate Placement Services with Menlo Dental Consulting. Dan, thanks for sharing your time, your expertise, and for being a guest on Dentist Puns and Money. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for listening to Dentists, Puns, and Money. For more information about my day job, which is helping dentists plan for their eventual exit from practice to financial independence, you can visit DentistExit.com. And there you can find more information about us, sign up for our email newsletter, learn more about the Elements Financial Planning System, or schedule a discovery call with Sean. That's me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And also, please share the podcast with your friends and your colleagues. As for the boring legal stuff, Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only and past performance is not indicative of future results. <laughs>